Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. You are in for a treat today because my friend, the founder of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association and Patrick Henry College, and uh, the former general counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. This guy is a giant in the homeschool movement, in the freedom movement, in the fight to maintain freedom in the United States. He's also the author of a brand new course on American civics, which you guys have been hearing me talk about, joins me today. Mike Ferris and I are going to discuss the state of homeschooling, kind of where we go from here in the country and what you can do to make sure that freedom is secure for the rising generation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Welcome to the show. Heidi, it is always a pleasure to be with you, especially when I get to see you in person. But this is pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty good. It's not bad it's considering not bad. you're on one coast and I'm on the other. Not too bad. That's right. That's right. I want to jump right into this because uh, you and I, you know, we've had the opportunity to talk before about homeschooling and kind of where we've come from and where we're going uh, as the founder of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, nobody understands uh, the legalities behind homeschooling and how it became legal more than you do. But people are getting worried now because homeschooling has caught the attention of the mainstream media. It's not this you know, fringe movement anymore. And there are a lot of people that have been homeschooling for a long time. Now they see the rise of charter schools. We're watching uh, funding. Homeschoolers asking for funding from the federal government and through taxes and things like that. I'm curious now, I got a couple of questions for you, but the first thing is, you know, where do you see us headed in terms of continuing to have homeschooling be legal in all 50 states? Well, uh, first of all, I have to say that I'm glad that people are concerned about this because we never protect liberty with a lackadaisical attitude. Um, uh, I don't think people should worry because worry is a sin. Um, But I think that people should be alert and concern in looking ahead, looking kind of around the curve, see what's coming next. Because uh, stuff is coming, there will be attacks made, but and, and we need to respond in faith and encourage and forcefully. But worry is not on the table for believers. We okay, so that's um, it, it's close to what's the right reaction, but not exactly. Um, Yeah, we've said over here, especially in COVID, like preparing is good. Panic is sin. God doesn't want us to be living in this perpetual state of reactiveness and panic. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, in fact, I made a speech on the this phase of homeschool freedom. It's been at least 10 years ago. It may be more like closer to 20. And I called it the third wave of homeschool freedom. And um, the, the, the first wave was, you can't do this uh, because you, you know, nobody can do this. And the second wave was, uh, what about socialization? And people, you know, can't do their, do. and when both those things went away and people realized we can do it academically and socialization, it, it works just fine. Thank you very much. The, the <laughs> third wave is, you shouldn't be able to do this because you're indoctrinating your children in a worldview that is contrary to the dominant worldview that has seized control of many institutions, including especially both uh, academic institutions of the collegiate and university level, but also K through 12 for the most part. You know, there are rare exceptions, but 
just it's fair to say that the general rule is the same progressive anti-liberty, anti-God movement has seized control of the vast majority of, of public schools and the enforcement institutions of public education as well. So, and they openly say um, that the reason that they want to uh, curtail homeschool freedoms is because of our philosophy. They don't want Christian kids being taught a faithful rendition of biblical morality, biblical worldview. They hate the Constitution, as evidenced by the 1619 Project. They hate the Declaration of Independence. They hate America, as America yeah. was founded. Uh, they hate, hate God, and they want to rip all those things down. And they don't like us in particular because we honor all those things. We honor the word of God. We honor the founding principles of our country. We recognize that it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we think the principles were the right principles. The Declaration of Independence got it right when we said we we're endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights among these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we achieve these things by self-government, by equality, not equity, and, and by um, a faithful adherence to the idea that rights are created by God. So you blend those things together and you get America. And they don't like any of that, any component of that. And so homeschoolers um, have gotten in their crosshairs. But the one thing that gets people worried is that, well, there's so many of us now that that's an extra cause for concern. No, 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 no. Just the opposite is true. Um, they had these same concerns when the entire homeschooling movement could meet in my family's 15-passenger van. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I heard all these things starting in 83. So, yeah. you know, um, and, and so this, uh, the fact that there are probably eight, um, there, there is probably 8% of the school-age population that's being homeschooled today. That's pretty close to accurate, mm -hmm. you know, plus or minus a, you know, percent, percent and a half, something like that. Yeah. That, yeah. that that's close to the right number. Uh, it got as high as 10, um, and it, it, it has backed off because schools opened back up after COVID, but, but. Although pretty amazing, I, I am amazed at the number, at the matriculation rate. I mean, we thought we we're going to lose, you know, you the are. schools are going to open up and all these kids are going to go back to the schools, but that's not happening. I mean, it's certainly not happening here in my neck of the woods. No, it, it, you know, homeschooling essentially doubled overnight, uh, yep. went from 5% to 10%. And we've, we've kept the majority of that gain. And, and, yep. and it's still growing. Uh, it's growing yep. because the schools have gone crazy woke. Um, and, and parents don't like that. They, they actually want their kids to learn academics. Uh, yeah. and, Reading, writing, yeah, arithmetic. Yeah. Um, so odd. And so um, they don't want their kids indoctrinated. Uh, in in wokeism, or frankly, they don't want the public schools to indoctrinate them in anything. Um, yep. And so, 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 all that to say, the the extra numbers are good for us because ultimately, at the end of the day, the way American politics works is if a majority of the people think that you should have the right to do so, that's from a from a human political perspective, that's the best situation you can be in. Uh, who cares what the powerful elites think? If the vast majority of Americans think that 
homeschooling is a good thing. And guess what? The vast majority of Americans who have school-age children identify with us because even if they were just sitting in their home um, watching a public school classroom on their computer, they think of themselves as having somewhat participated in homeschooling. They identify with us right now. And the other thing that American homeschooling did for the, for the general population is to say, you don't have to freak out that your kids are going to you know, curl up and die because we know all these homeschoolers have been pretty successful. And so, yeah. so that gave Americans a great affinity for homeschooling. For the, so for the next 15, 20 years, we've got a lot of political capital in the, in the, uh, in the general public. I wouldn't say you know, not the public school elites, not the, you know, the, the establishment media, not, nothing like that. But but with just mom and dad, your people, your neighbors, regular people, regular people, we have got a lot of political capital. And that means a lot. And it is worth a lot. And so but none of that, none of the capital, none of our successes is a justification for sitting on the sidelines and waiting around for this to happen to us. We have to be alert. We have to fight every battle that comes to our way. Um, somebody introduces a bill to study the problems of homeschooling. We kill the study bill. We don't, we don't let them, you know, because study bills are just a way to slow walk bad stuff. Um, and so you, um, you know, we fight at every turn. We don't let anything go unchallenged. And, and so uh, our attitude is alert, diligent, and, uh, you know, as forceful as we can do with grace. I, 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 don't, I don't think we engage in ad hominem personal attacks, but there's nothing wrong with saying you're wrong, <laughs> you know. Uh, forcefully. Yeah, forcefully, yeah. You, yeah, you, you just yeah. don't have to, you know, add the, the nasty words about the person. Just, you know, your ideas are wrong. Your proposal is wrong. We will not accept your idea. We will not accept your proposals. That, so in other words, you don't you don't want us to say you're stupid. Prefer not. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want us to say you you're trying to say, hey, we attack the idea, not the person. How about we bring civility back to the political sphere in this country? That's something that's been missing for a long time. Yeah, well. and, and unfortunately, I get it. Why, humanly speaking, uh, sure. people you know resort to that because we get called names regularly. Okay. Mm. Um, and it, it, there's just no fruit in it for a believer, um, it, you know, and, and, and um, it, it's not successful. Uh, it doesn't convince anybody of anything. Arguments may convince some people, but the lack of civility only convinces people that, that you are, you know, you know, we feed into their stereotypes of us. Well, and it just says we are who they say we are. Yeah, exactly. When we begin yeah. to do that, we're actually helping the other side. Yeah. I've got a question. Uh, I talk regularly here at the show about uh, the bills that are coming down through lots of different state legislatures now, the backpack bills, right? The money follows the child and uh, education uh, savings accounts and all those kinds of things. How do you see those issues as it relates to homeschool freedom? I, I, that's pretty complicated. Um, mm -hmm. um, the you know the history, the history, historical um, patterns are that done wrong um, with you know the, the the phrases with shackles come shackles, um, mm -hmm. and there's truth to that 
but it's not, uh, you know, I, I'm not maybe as pure as some people on this. Uh, for example, I would think that a way to just deduct from my own tax returns, the ability, you know, I, I, I favor tax return, uh, tax deduction or tax credits. So, uh, Which is different. Yeah, I don't want the government giving me, me money, but I don't mind a, a tax law that lets me keep some of my own money. Uh, there you go. And, right. And so, so that's, um, and I think that most people would be fine with that. You know, most homeschoolers who are looking for something would be fine with that. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, that would be the approach that I would take. And I, um, and uh, you know, on the one hand, I'm glad that we're breaking up the public school monopoly in any way, shape, or form that it's happening. But I would never participate um, in that. And so. Um, I, you know, I think I think homeschoolers would be wise to not participate in any form of tax funding. Um, but on the other so hand, so for example, yeah. so so here in Washington State, and it's different; it has different names in different yeah. parts of the state. But most people are, understand the the name parent partnering programs. These are basically public school programs that market themselves to the homeschool community. And they're funded by the federal government. Once you enroll in these programs, you call yourself a homeschooler, but the state of Washington does not call you a homeschooler. All of your books are free, uh, free in air quotes, right. right? That's the kind of thing that you're like, hey, let's be careful because that's what we want to steer to stay away from. Well, I had a lady come up to me um, many years ago now. Um, she was from the city of South San Francisco, um, which is between the main city of San Francisco and the airport. And so uh, South San Francisco had a program like this um, and she participated in it. And she got a letter from the school district uh, demanding their money back because they, she used the money from the government to buy Christian curriculum. Right. And they said, no, 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 you're a public school program. You can't spend the money on religious education. That's and, right. and so schools will take that position. Now, now the Supreme Court has made that uh, less clear than it was. Uh, some of the cases that have been recently argued um, make it arguable that uh, public school programs can clearly include, in fact, maybe even must uh, include religious programs. If they offer school choice to private secular schools, they cannot deny religious schools to participate in the same programs. That's the net of what they don't have to offer these programs, uh, these private school programs. But if they offer any, they can't exclude religious schools. That's that's the net of the U.S. Supreme Court these days. But nonetheless, whatever the rules are in your state concerning um, secular, you know, schools and so on, you're going to run into you know these kind of challenges and these kinds of efforts. Um, and so I would just encourage people be really, really cautious. I, I would, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's better that than, you know, if, I guess if you're in a, a desperate situation and, you know, it's either this or going to the regular public school, I'd, you know, I'd take my chances, I guess, but, yeah, but, yeah. but, but we don't want main, the mainstream of homeschooling to follow. We want this to be the exception rather than the rule. Exactly. A recent study reveals that 33% of college students prefer to live in a socialist system of government rather than a capitalist one. We clearly need a course that challenges today's high school students to think about whether the founding ideals of this country 
are worth preserving and then inspires them to act upon their conclusion. Introducing American Civics, a 30-week high school course written by gifted constitutional attorney Michael Ferris. In American Civics, Mr. Ferris will guide your student to a deeper understanding of America's founding principles, the mechanics of government and lawmaking, and the Constitution that makes our system of government possible. If you want to help preserve freedom in America, enroll your student in this 30-week, full-credit, self-directed course at lumen.com and use the coupon code HEIDI for 10% off today. That's L-U-M-I-N-N.com. Yeah. Let's uh, let's switch gears for just a minute because I've been promoting your constitutional uh, course, your civics course here for a couple of months with some with I hope some good success because yeah. we're getting great feedback here good. at the show. Good. Uh, it wasn't enough for you. You haven't apparently had your Napoleon moment yet. You haven't surveyed the territory and thought my work here is done. And so it's not enough to argue before the Supreme Court and start Patrick Henry College in the HS- NHSLDA and work for the Alliance Defending Freedom and have 10 kids. That wasn't enough. Now you've written uh, a course on American civics. A couple of questions right out, right out of the gate. Why now? I mean, why do you think it's so important that we uh, study civics? I mean, to, to motivate you, you've already done so much with your life and, uh, and your career, obviously, for freedom. Because that's when I think of, of, of protecting American liberty, I always think of Mike Ferris. I told you I'm going to I'm getting I'm working hard to get your name up there on Mount Rushmore. But, <laughs> uh, but before that happens, you 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 jumped into this with both feet, wrote an extraordinary uh, course on the Constitution and civic engagement. What what motivated you? to uh, to do that i want to win for the next generation um and um if we don't have people who believe in the principles of freedom we're not going to have freedom for very long and and so um homeschooling gives you the opportunity to create freedom loving kids god loving kids but it doesn't guarantee it if you don't ever teach them you know uh, from the bible you know, just because the, there's one sitting on your bedside table or there's one sitting on the kitchen table or someplace else in the house, it doesn't mean that the Bible is going to get inside the head and the hearts of your kids. you got to teach it. And you are doing something remarkably important for freedom by having you provide your kids' education rather than the government. Because when people think the government's providing the education for their kids— um, they think that the, the purpose of government is to provide for my needs. If you think that, you're a socialist, or at least you're bent towards socialism. But if, if the family uh, is, is God's instrument in providing for your needs, then you're bent toward freedom. But you still got to teach it. <laughs> you still got to go out of your way to make sure that your kids learn about how government works, about how the Constitution is supposed to work, and how it can work, and um, you know how to be a good voter. You know, everybody, you know, used to understand that teaching civics was a good idea. It can be pretty boring, but it, you know, unfortunately, if you if you have a dry presentation, I, I was gonna say I I feel like it's anything but boring. Well, it, it depends on who's teaching it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's my point. Is that um, I mean, for example, I. The, the most boring thing in every civics program is how a bill becomes law. And, and I actually think it's my, one of my favorite episodes that I recorded because what I do is I tell a story of how a real bill became law. 
and that is the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And I was involved in that from the from day one. I'm the guy who named it. Um, uh, and I explained how that happened because basically nobody else had another idea. That's all. Um, and, and so, um, so I uh, my light's falling down here. So let's fix the falling light. Okay. Um, so the um, uh, but by telling stories and uh, doing it in a more interesting fashion, you get the content in a way that when it's more interesting to begin with, you're more likely to remember it. And so, um, well, that's what Jesus did, right? Exactly. I mean, he told parables. Yeah, yeah he exactly. taught that way. So, so everything I do in the course, you know, the, the the academic, the you know, the nuts and bolts part of stuff, you have to do that. But when you when you weave the academics in with illustrative stories, it, it, it's just better all around. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you're you're a masterful storyteller, and honestly, civics should not be boring because we need the rising generation to engage uh, again in the political discussion, to be motivated to want to vote again. And we know because we've watched it happen now for the last three years, it doesn't take much. I'm sure you're watching what's happening in New Mexico right now. Uh, Governor Grisham in New Mexico trying to suspend the Second Amendment for the citizens of Albuquerque. How did she do that? Well, she used an emergency. She called it a public health emergency. And we're going to see this happen, I think, more and more. And unless the citizens understand that this isn't the way our government works, she could potentially get away with it. Indeed. Um, you know, what she's doing is an act of dictatorship. But, but in the, the civics courses on the power of the executive, which includes presidents and governors, basically, um, we, we cover this, is that can they just be a law unto themselves and executive order, yeah. right? Isn't that what she did? She yeah. issued an executive order. We hear about these all the time. How constitutional is an executive order? Um, if it's applied to private people and private property, never, never constitutional. Why? Article one, section one of the U.S. Constitution, and every state has a similar provision in their state constitution, is all laws have to be passed by Congress or the state level by the state legislature. The governor can't make up laws. And when she decides that people in Albuquerque can't carry guns, she's making up a law. She's person. That's an act of dictatorship. Uh, when one person makes a law, you call that a dictator. Um, and, and I don't care if they're Republican um, presidents or Democrat presidents. All of them That's for right. a long time have been doing this. And, yep. and um, you know, I don't want my favorite president to be doing this any more than I want the person I did everything I could to defeat at the, the ballot. We should do it right. We should, you know, whatever laws we should ha have, uh, we should pass them by the legislative branch. Now, I do think it's okay for one president to undo the executive orders of the past. And so an executive order that does nothing other than reverse a prior executive order, I favor those. Uh, yeah, but right. but but any any executive order from any party that puts a burden on private people or private property to obey a new law, I think is unconstitutional because a Republican yeah. form of government means we elect legislatures to make laws. Why? Because founder the founders understood that men are sinful, and this is a uh, you know this is an outgrowth of the. Christian worldview. 
Um, mm-hmm. when, when men are sinners, you don't want a, a, a tiny group of sinners making the laws for all of us. Our best shot for having freedom is if we spread that decision-making among a, as large a group of sinners as possible because sinners start checking each other and, you know, there's checks and balances in that. And so the best way to have, you know, all government's not, not very fun, but the best shot we have is to spread power in a lot of different ways, a lot of different levels, and lawmaking is reserved for the biggest group around at the federal level, 535 people, at the state level, you know, hundreds, uh, usually, uh, a couple hundred people. So uh, that's that's the short uh, reason for it. And she shouldn't be able to do that any more than people should be able to decide what businesses are essential or not essential. That was an act of dictatorship as well. Yeah. We really saw it up close and personal uh, here in Washington State. It was really something. I, I told you last time I saw you, I kind of feel like I have PTSD from the whole thing, right? Because yeah. you just can't believe that this is happening in the United States of America. But this is decades now of American citizens not understanding their basic constitutional rights and the freedoms that have been given to us by our founding fathers. Uh, really, really quickly, I want to talk about your course because I want people to to get it. It is how many weeks is it, and who? And did you ever come up with the uh, the little question and answer the discussion guide? Oh yeah, I can't remember. Yes, the, the discussion guides are done. Um, well, good. I yeah. want adults to do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm promoting this for for uh, my audience, of which there are tens of thousands of people listening who have high school students and that kind of thing. Which obviously we we clearly need this, yeah. but we're going to start showing it here at the Homeschool Resource Center. And I want adults to, uh, I want adults to engage. Well, we have two packages for it. One is the full high school curriculum with hundreds of pages of resources and reading materials and quizzes and essay prompts and tests. The the program is three weeks long. There are 25 videos. There are five weeks are planned for tests and for field trips. We give field trip ideas on how to, a, a civic space field trip. And so there's there's choices that people can engage in, but we encourage that for, you know, about three of those weeks. So a couple of weeks for tests, three weeks for field trip, 25 video lessons, and hundreds of... So they get a full high school... I mean, you're, get, you're getting full high school You're getting a full year high school curriculum. Um, but if you just want to watch the 25 videos, you can do that. And, and that's what we aim at the general population. And, and it, it, it could be a, you know, a men's group at a church or a women's group at a church or, you know, uh, I, in my, um, my prior video course, I did on, you know, on constitutional literacy. Um, people did it for adult studies uh, and tea party groups and yeah, yeah. other things of that yeah. nature. Uh, so, and, and then there's, you know, just thousands and thousands of people just watch it themselves. And so, so that's uh, very doable. The, the, the lessons are 20, 25 minutes per, per unit. So honestly, I mean, it's, thir- it's 30, whatever, 25 videos, but you could do two videos in a night. I mean, yeah. if you had, that's kind of what we were planning on doing yeah. here. If you had a, a group of people and they said, hey, we can do this for 15 weeks. You could easily condense it into a three-month constitutional study 
Uh, or if you wanted to do it in Saturdays and do three or four videos at a time, there's lots of different ways sure. that people can get it done. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, the pricing is a, a lot better. It's, uh, I, I think it's 95. It might be 99, so don't kill me if I'm $4. <laughs> but but for, the, for the shorter, for just the videos, and it's $200-something. So just go to the website, in your website, and see. Um, people should buy it through you because then you get credit, and we want you to get credit for it. And yes. Well, and we have we have a, a promo code, also a discount code. Yeah. And I'll talk about that uh, in the outro today. We've had a lot of great success promoting that here. Yes. And, uh, you know, in my heart, I mean, you know this, I just finished a, a two year run for the U.S. House of Representatives. This is what the founding fathers had in mind for ordinary people like Heidi St. John. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are supposed to be participating in our system of government, not just being bystanders. That's exactly right. And. Uh, we don't all have to run for Congress. I've never run for Congress myself. Ran for lieutenant governor. I don't. I don't recommend uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I, I ran for lieutenant governor, which is um, <laughs> which is that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. That was statewide, especially a state the size of. I mean, Virginia and Washington are pretty similar in size. So Virginia is eleven congressional districts. Washington's nine, right? Nine. Yeah, nine, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And so um, the. Um, they're pretty good sized states, and and so uh, both population wise and geography. So it's a it's a task, but the vast majority of Americans are not called to do what you and I've done, run for office. There, but everybody is called to be a good citizen because um, you know the Book of James says for him who knows to do right and do it not to him is sin. And we know that it's right that we tr try to vote in a way that is consistent with Proverbs. Six, which says, in all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct your paths. In all your ways includes your ways as a citizen. And so we're to vote consistently what we understand from the word of God. Simple as that. And, and you know, sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing is not an option for, for people who want to be obedient to the word of God. Um, and, and so uh, you don't have to be, you know, um, devoting hours and hours and hours of this. Some people are called to do that, um, and we should support such people. Uh, all of us are called to do a little bit, and everybody is called to vote in accordance to the, to the understanding of the life and the world that they live in from the Word of God, biblical worldview. We should be using a biblical worldview, which you know, one of the reasons it's so nice to know the constitutional worldview is that the Constitution was written in this season where, we, where America was dominated by a biblical worldview. So their uh, constitutional worldview is not a biblical worldview in and of itself, but it is consonant with the worldview, the biblical worldview, because it is written was written by people who had one. Uh, they weren't all born again, but a biblical worldview was dominant, which is why we have separation of powers and limited government. And lot and and God-given freedoms. All those principles come from the Word of God. Mm. It's an incredible. We're living in some incredible times. Yeah. I mean, it's an it's an incredible time uh, to be a Christian. It's an incredible time to be an American as we're watching what's happening. But I, like you, have hope still for this country. I think there are a lot of people who feel this is pointless. Why are we even trying? I mean, we're watching Joe Biden stumble across the world stage. This guy who cannot he cannot string two coherent sentences together and people are like, what's happening to our country? But I think it's more reason to get involved. I don't think this is a reason for us to sort of to sort of give up and throw our hands in the air and say, 
you know, it's outside of our jurisdiction. We can't change it anyway. We can change it. We have the opportunity to change it because our founding fathers made a mechanism for us to get involved. Where can people find your civics course? They can find it from you. Uh, so they can find it from me. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to link back to it. It's actually Lumen. Yes. Uh, L-U-M-I-N-N dot com. And you guys are going to want to use the promo code Heidi. Don't spell it wrong. Spell it right or you won't get the credit. H-E-I-D-I. Use that promo code when you guys check out. And I know it's going to be a blessing. Mike Ferris, uh, you're going to come back in just a couple of minutes and join me for happy hour. But for regular subscribers here, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. You are, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you are a national treasure. And I consider it a great honor to know you and to have you uh, be able to come on here and talk to my listeners about the United States and why it's so important that they remain involved. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Well, as you guys can see, uh, we had the opportunity today, you and me, to uh, be part of listening to, I believe, one of the great American voices in defense of freedom, obviously uh, a champion for the homeschool movement. I hope you guys have been encouraged by that. And I want to encourage you, check out Mike Ferris's American Civics course. I would encourage you, uh, you can watch it in your church. You could watch it in a Bible study that's done at home. You could uh, absolutely host a homeschool event and host it there. You heard me talk to him about a couple different ways that I think it's possible to teach it. But it's so important, you guys, that we understand our system of government and how it works. Mike Ferris is a very gifted teacher, and I think that you will love it. So check it out at lumen.com, L-U-M-I-N-N, and use the promo code Heidi. Don't forget to use that promo code for a discount. And I can't wait to hear your views. And please send them to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. If you are subscribed to Happy Hour, stick around because Mike Ferris and I are going to talk a little bit about his personal life and what it was like to raise 10 children. How did he get involved in the homeschooling in the first place? Because his dad was actually a public school teacher and also a public school principal. So Mike has a really interesting story. We're going to talk about that. The personal side of Mike Ferris at a, at a happy hour today. So I hope you guys will stick around for that. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening, for leaving reviews. Love your people well today. Get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, and I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.